Why don't we begin? Oh shit! Let's go. Squirt it in my eye. No, I have to do that. Yeah, but we don't have any more sippers. This is Fresh Hop Cinema. <laughs> Hello and welcome once again to Fresh Hop Cinema. This here is a podcast about craft beer and film, and my name is Max Minardi. My name's Johnny Summers. Together, we're your favorite podcast in the universe. And we're so glad you tuned in. If you've never heard the show before, we're very excited to have you. And if you don't know what this is about, if you just clicked on this podcast because it magically showed up into your podcast feed, we're a podcast about craft beer and film, usually two craft beers and one film. This week is no different. Also, if you're tuning in because you have not yet seen the film Cargo from 2017, don't worry, we're not going to spoil it without giving you ample heads up. Yeah, we're it won't be till, talk about it. Won't be till a lot later than that happens. Yeah, and something we call the danger zone. Johnny, what is the danger zone? That's where we do our last beer of the day, then we kind of unhinge with the spoilers, uh, get into some more adult language, and uh, really get into the bare bones of the movie and definitely spoil it. So if you're planning on seeing it, don't listen to the third part. Yeah, and that's all the way at the end. We usually try to keep these things about an hour. Sometimes they go longer, sometimes they go less. Yes. Uh, But I'm going to open this baby that you brought, and I'm going to let you tell our fine, fine listeners what exactly they're about to be drinking. They're not drinking it. I hope they will. I mean, I hope they do. Because that's my thing. Like After every episode, I'm like, they're going to drink it now. Someday. but It's going to be hard. Okay, what I meant to say was what we're going to be drinking. Excuse me. It's fine. I forgive you. Uh, Before we get into any of our beers, I have to tell you where they came from, because I haven't even told you this week. Uh, Yeah. These two beers just came from one Jared Schmidt. Oh, Jared. Yeah. He's a longtime listener, big fan, huge supporter. Yeah. Patreon fam. Yeah, missed him at the event. Yeah. He was getting these beers from Nashville for us. Well, I don't want to say that I it's worth him not being there because it isn't. But if there was a good reason for him not to have shown up, this is a pretty good one. Yeah, I told him I was bummed that I, I wasn't gonna get to see him and he was saying, Well, I get to go party in Nashville for you know a week, so don't feel bad. Right. So. You said so. These are. Did you say these are both from him? Yeah. He uh, he brought us a few beers, and I picked two of them to do. And these are two that I think will really contrast. I know we like to do a light beer, something hoppy, bit IPA style, or something lighter, and then finish with a dark beer. And, and these fit into that perfectly. So nice, man. Big shout out to Jared Schmidt, friend of the show. He is one of the ones that always drinks along with us. Yeah, you've uh, you've if you're on Patreon, obviously you know Jared. But if if you're not, sometimes on Patreon, uh, we have episodes with Jared. And I think we have one coming up pretty quick here. Something like that. Where, yeah, soon where, this fall. Yeah, his his level of patronage allows him to. We all watch a movie together, and then we cook dinner and we record an episode. Oh. It's just we kick it. It's he, a good time. He gets the full service. It's the first time I'd seen American Psycho when we did that episode with him. That was an adventure. Good times. Yeah, but he's super active on Twitter. He's always drinking along. So really stoked to uh, shout him out and drink some of the beers that he brought back. Yeah, speaking of that, so Bearded Iris is a brewery I've never heard of before, uh, nor have I heard of their beer Homestyle. But as it says on their website, it's an oated IPA, oated, O-A-T-E-D, brewed intensely and singularly with mosaic hops. If you've heard the show before, you know mosaic hops are my bread and butter of the hop world. So I'm very excited. Johnny, on your first taste, what do you think? It's really pleasant. Okay, it's yeah. 6%, by the way. I meant to say that. It's 6%, so it's a nice, easy-drinking, straightforward IPA. Yeah, it's really nice. It's got a ton of mosaic, so that's nice. It really shines through. Not terribly sweet. The oats almost give it like a weird sweetness. Mm-hmm. There's some tart tartness there in the back. I don't know. It's it's different. Yeah, I do think the mosaic... Uh, I love when we both drink a beer and then we both have to like swallow because we salivate mm-hmm. so much from it. I, mm-hmm. I do think there's a, a pretty good amount of like juiciness and sweetness to this. Um 
in as insofar as it can be for this particular style, not claiming to be a New England IPA or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a lot going on. The aroma, even the moment I cracked the can before we poured it, just spilled out of the can. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was very aromatic, super exciting. And I think the mouth feels really great on this. It's not overpowering and it doesn't feel like it, you don't feel like you're dried out after drinking it like some uh, some more intense hot bombs might leave you feeling. I see. I think you're looking for maybe a canning date if I were to guess. Yeah, I see a canning date on the bottom and it's uh, 9-4 of this, this month. Yes, yeah, so we're recording this uh, at the end of September. Yeah. We're still kind of uh, advanced recording because at this point I am on tour when you hear this. Yeah. Uh, so that's great. This You is might be in Nashville year. drinking this. I might be near Nashville at that point. I think... I think Depending on when this drops, I might be more north on the East Coast, but you never know. Yeah, he won't promote it, but follow him on the Instagrams and yeah. the Facebooks. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to seeing your tour adventures. Yeah, man. Through the South. If you're listening to this from the South and the East Coast, too, he might be coming to Yo Town. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you could like look on my Instagram, like, oh, there's all the towns that I'm going to be in. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, you might, yeah, literally, I might be there that day. I'm in, I, th- I might be in New York when this drops. I think I'm in New York when this drops. All right. But I could be wrong. I want to read what this uh, beer says on their website. Hit me with some knowledge, Max. It says, the one that started it all. This heavily oated, mosaic only IPA softly beckons you to remember where you came from while giving you just enough of a ripe citrus kick to strive for where you want to go. Homestyle is the staple IPA of our brewery, and like almost all of our hoppy beers, focuses on highlighting the fruity and fragrant nuances of hops. At a relaxed 6%, we think you'll discover it's easy to find your home style. It's really nice. Yeah. It's very well-rounded. I like that it's it's nice and, and bitter, but still, like, like I said, embraces those juicy, fruity, tropical characteristics of the hop. Yeah, this has what the opposite of what I often hate about uh, non, non-stripped-down beers. The, the ones with like seven adjuncts mm-hmm. and like nothing really stands out, so you're overwhelmed but never really satisfied. This has just one thing, and mm-hmm. I, think it's, I think it's done well. Also, I love the can. It's very Dude, simple, their, minimalistic. Their can, their color scheme, like the gold with black mm-hmm. on top, with the gold like uh, decal, like showing through. Sure. What'd you call that? Like a cutout, almost. Yeah, you could. Yeah, it looks cut out. Yeah, it's like the the can is gold underneath. Yeah, but it's painted black, mm-hmm. and you have yeah. There's a word for that. Yeah, there is. I don't know what it is. Um, and I love the font they used for Homestyle. Just all around, I'm I'm very pleased with this beer. This is good. Yeah, man. It's I can see why this is their flagship. I'd want this to be the flagship of my brewery. I really like it. Yeah, for sure. I actually am getting more and more fruit the more I drink it. It's good, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's almost floral too. Not in the traditional sense. Like it's not super perfumey. Um, but there is some of that floral note that I'm that I'm getting at least. Yeah, it's very pleasant though. Drinks nice and easy. Nice and bitter on the finish, but doesn't wreck your palate. It really finishes nice. Doesn't finish dry either. No. No, it's good, but but not overly Sweet or saturated either. It's, it's like super, a nice, super drinkable. Yeah, clean finish. Yeah. Well, I think I think we should rate this. I think I could hammer like four or five of these yeah. floating in a river somewhere. Sure. Yeah. I would I would drink this in a desert. Yeah. I guess that's not the opposite of like because you're still thirsty mm-hmm. in a desert, obviously. Mm-hmm. I could drink this if I wasn't terribly thirsty. There you go. Like I don't have to be in the sun on the river. Like I could drink you're this. Th- I could drink this at a bar. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> Whatever a situation where you're not supposed to be thirsty is, that's where I could drink this very pleasantly. Like a Gatorade factory? Like a Gatorade factory, yeah. That's a good place I to would not just drink be thirsty. This, yeah. Or a, or a Brondo factory, maybe. What's Brondo? It's got what plants crave. Brondo? Yeah. What? It has electrolytes. What is Brondo? And it's what plants crave. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, it's like, it's Brondo. It has what, what plants crave? Nothing. I'll just come move on. All right. <laughs> Somebody will tell you. Uh, I think in the next, whenever this drops, I think you'll have a few days and somebody will be like, you don't know what that was? And uh, please also at me when you tell him what he doesn't know. It right. would make me happy, everybody. That's fair. Okay, let's rate this beer. You want to go first? You want me to? Hmm. 
You know, I'll go first. I really enjoy it. It's super well-rounded. It's straightforward, but beautifully executed. I think we should go at the same time. Yeah? Yeah. You want to do it on three? Uh, sure. Okay. One, two, three. 8.5. 8. 8. I f- Get out of I here. I got to bleep myself. No, that's, you that's, don't. That's, uh, I knew you were going to be 8.5. That's crazy. Yeah. It's an 8.5 for me. Just this very what, good beer. This is what happens when you do podcasts together for like right. two years. Well, I just think like I know your taste pretty well and I know that when our tastes are going to overlap, mm-hmm. like you just kind of, you got to follow your gut. Mm-hmm. This is a good beer, guys. Oh, um, it's really good. Pretty safe to say you're not going to be able to get it in California anywhere that is like selling it. Correct. Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah. But maybe you get it bearded iris on the internet and they'll- Find a way to get you some. Maybe. Or just go to Nashville. Sure. It's a really cool Take a place. Trip. It's yeah. a really cool place to go. You were there earlier this year, right? Yeah. For something. A yeah. Beer craft thing. Brewers Conference. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Great. It's a good spot. It's a nice party town. Yeah. Well, sweet guys. Once again, we've been talking about Homestyle by Bearded Iris. You can, uh, if you get it yourself, let us know what you think. Uh, or if you'd like to get it and you fantasize about it because of our descriptions, also let us know what you think. Hey, if you can't get it, just call me and I'll tell you what it tasted like, and then it'll be just as good. Yeah, let's move right along, my friend. Let's do it. So. So. This is the part of the show we talk about what's got us hot and or bothered. Yeah. Maybe you've heard the phrase hot and bothered. This is not what that means. Sometimes we have something that's got us really excited and happy. That's the hot or bothered, which is just literally something bothering us. So. What do you have? Do you have one or the other or both? I think I'm just pretty hot, man. What you got? Mainly. Mainly just, just in general. Just in general. I'm yeah. pretty hot all the time. Sweaty. Yeah. So is that a hot or is it a bothered? Whoa. I don't know. Paradigm. Yeah. It's confusing, really. It's, uh, yeah. I don't know. Now I'm confused. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, I, <laughs> I am on tour at this moment. So I'm excited because when You're- we're recording this, I am not on tour yet. I'm leaving for tour in two days. Yeah. So I'm very excited. At this point, if all, if all goes well, I will have sold my Honda Fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I just spent the whole day working on that car, getting it all ready to be sold. Which I'll never forgive you. I know, because now we're not going to have the same car anymore. But we will still both have uh, Hondas, it's which is fair. nice. Um, so, like, getting all those pieces falling into place is very exciting. I also, on Saturday, played a concert at the Naked Lounge. A tour kickoff. Unofficial, but yes. Yeah. Um, with So it was my band that I'm taking on the road and a bass player named Ethan. My band is uh, Josh and Madison. And then we had two fellas, Calvin Black and St. James, who together form FAM. They're a hip-hop duo, mm. and they are awesome. Nice. So we kind of just all sat on stage all night and just swapped songs back and forth, and it was super tight. That's pretty cool. So I was stoked off that. That's what's got me hot this week. I should have came out. Yeah, you should have. But should've. you came on Thursday. You came to that other show that I had. So I did. You know, you know. one a week. is, is that's, uh, that's what I expect from you. Sma quota yeah. is one a week. No less. So my my hot is overall, I'm just really stoked on the weekend I had. It was super killer. Uh, it started Friday night with our giant Patreon party. Yeah. Which unfortunately a few people couldn't make that have been longtime supporters. And we're going to do another one soon. Uh, missed them. A couple of people were sick, out of town, stuff like that. It happens. But for the people that were there... It was a blast. We had a really good time. There was a bunch of meat and a bunch of good IPAs. Yeah, it was Hopgasm. It was Hopgasm. We should mention that, I suppose. It's, we the, theme them. The first annual. Yeah. The, we had the first annual Stoutgasm. Last early, winter. Earlier this year. Or, yeah. Like late winter. Was it? It was like February, I think. Was Does it? that happen to my house? Yeah, that was when that we, was That was Stoutgasm. Yeah. Okay. That's right. The first bottle share at your place was just like a, we've had a That was just like the Patreon, Patreon yeah. first party. Okay. Yeah. Good. Where you did the four loco keg stand. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah, it was pretty it's cool. Fine. Yeah. It's an in joke. Yeah. So that was the first annual IPA gasm, which was just kind of a celebration of everything hop. That we need to clear it up. Is it IPA gasm or hop gasm? 
Because hopgasm rolls off the tongue way better, in my opinion. I was calling it IPA-gasm, but hopgasm makes more sense. More fun. The fresh hopgasm. There you go. Yeah. All right, good. So that was it. Hopgasm. I'm yeah. changing it. Yeah. Go back, erase the sure. memory from your mind. Yes, but that was Friday. Yeah, that was a blast, man. That was a really good time. As always, I stayed up way too late hanging out with everybody. It was a really fun time. And then had Saturday off, so I didn't move. And then kept not moving. And then went to bed. And then woke you out. Stop. It was a perfect day. Binge watched uh, Breaking Bad. Like the all of it? Um, no. How, how far did you get? Uh, I'm almost done with it, and I started it like two weeks ago. You've seen it before or no? Yeah. Yeah. This is my second watch. That's through. what I thought. It's just so good. Yeah. I started it on a whim, and now I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Sunday was, I had to work, and I poured beer at the Taste of Chico. That's right. And yeah. I've never even been to that event. So that was fun, experiencing that for the first time. It was uh, pouring beer with just a bunch of my friends. I was surrounded by um, Last Insider was on my right, British Bulldog was on my left, and then across from like next to the next, I like that actually. But next to them, yeah, was Jake from Secret Trail. Nice, and then Russ and Jordan from Sierra Nevada. So it was. I don't know them, but they're good people. Nice. So yeah. it's just it was like a big party, yeah. just a bunch of us pouring beer together. So so, was, where, so for once and for all, where were you? Because I kind of like meandered through there down Main Street, but I did not see you. The beer garden. They actually. Um, roped off the whole or fenced off the whole parking lot back by the hands that big square oh, municipal parking that's, lot dang it man that's why i didn't look yeah yeah and that was the beer area mm-hmm. and there was like 25 breweries in there there was a band it was crazy see there was a band on maine oh also there's bands everywhere yeah i guess just bands and food cool and, yeah also shout out to taj indian food somebody mm. brought me some of their food because i was there by myself so like i had people just like bringing me back right. food but some of the best curry I've had in a while. Is that right? Yeah, it's over on Nord. I need to go find it and eat there because yeah. it was really good. Yeah, I don't really know too many Indian spots in Chico. Like there's um, Priya. Priya, yeah, that's the only one I yeah, was aware of. So exactly, and Priya's good. They got a wicked good lunch buffet. Mm. But I've never had Taj, and uh, I looked it up online. Their menu's really stacked. I'm gonna go eat there probably this week sometime. Nice, dude. So. Well, great. Sounds like you had a solid weekend. That I also it. had a solid weekend. It's been good. What a great what a great time we've had. A ton of positive vibes rolling into tour, man. Yeah. That's how it should be. And our last podcast together for like for yeah, three a month. Weeks. Yeah. Almost a month. month. Yeah, something like that. Well, I feel good about this segment. Do you think it's too early to jump to a break or do you want to and then come back and talk about cargo? No, let's take a break. I want to get into this movie with you. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. Again, no spoilers for cargo if you haven't seen it, even though it came out in 2017. I hadn't seen it till today. So stick right around. Johnny, we do a lot of really, really fun beers on this podcast, and I am very stoked to talk about one of our local breweries here in Chico, Secret Trail. Every single Monday, they do what they call their Explorer Series, which is where they take one of their tried-and-true beers or a new beer, and they put a fun little twist on it. And the crazy thing is it's almost for sure not going to be available again after that Monday. Every single Monday, you can go down to Secret Trail in their business hours, which is 3 to 9 p.m., and you can get that beer. Where are they? They are at 132 Myers Street here in Chico, California. So you should head on down and check them out any day of the week. But Mondays would be especially cool because you'll be able to try a one-off beer. Yeah, and if you want to keep up with them online, you can find them on all the social medias at Secret Trail Bruco. Live and drink off the beaten path.
That is the trailer for Cargo, a 2017 year film. Uh, it's that it's a, long? It is. It's been, it's been out since May, uh, May 18th of 2000. Uh, well, 18 on Netflix is when it came out, but it, uh, it edited a film festival in 2017. It is a post-apocalyptic zombie movie. Uh, at its at its roots mm-hmm. that I had never seen. John, you'd seen it before. Yeah, this it's is kind st- of my pick for one of our episodes. Yeah, and I kind of so I didn't know what it was about until today. Okay, I finally opened it up on Netflix and I'm just gonna watch it. Uh, and then I saw zombie. Then I think horror. And then I think I'm gonna be terrified. And this isn't a scary zombie movie. Right? No, it's it's way more of a drama, like slow burn character study almost. Yeah, we gotta let those side. Again, man. What are we living in NYC? What's going on? Yeah, like where my place is, you would not think you would hear. Like we're not near a freeway or really busy streets. You but live in the hood, dog. I guess, man. Um, I live like a quarter mile from. Right. <laughs> um, she goes to the hood, man. Yeah. Uh, anyways, this is written by Yolanda Ramke and directed by Ben Howling and Yolanda, and it was based on a 2013 short film by the same people. Um, and I had never seen that. I don't think you had either. Mm-mm. Cool. Um, but it yeah. stars Martin stars Martin Freeman from. Things such as, I guess, in order of popularity, The Hobbit, and he is the CIA agent in a lot of the Marvel films. Mm-hmm. Just in Black name. Panther. He was in, um, no, he's in another one. Also, He's in like the Avengers ones. Personally, he's most famous in my mind as his role as Ben Watson oh. in the BBC version of Sherlock. Oh, see, I was going to say the British version of The Office. He's also very oh. well known for being like the U.S. equivalent of Jim. Yeah. Or the British equivalent of U.S. Jim. I liked him. The The thing I've liked him the most in was Sherlock. Yeah, I don't ever, I never have watched that show. It's really good. Very cerebral. You dig it. All right. Yeah. I really like Benedict Cumberbatch in that movie. Gotcha. God, oh, that that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyways, Martin Freeman plays Andy. He's this dad trying to keep his family, his daughter and his wife alive during this zombie uh quarantine breakout thing it's like a virus outbreak yeah and it, it's, it's referred to it as. takes 48 hours to set in and the government's aware of it so they have all these kind of medical kits that once you get bit you know the procedure and he and his family are living out on this boat and um eventually they have to get food so they have to leave the boat and that's where things that's where the plot starts to unfold you also have this dude named vic played by anthony hayes uh andy's wife is named Kay. she's played by Susie porter you have karen pistorius uh, who plays lorraine and this character named Toomey, played by Simone Landers. She is, a, uh, as described in the cast list somewhere that I read, she's an Aboriginal girl. There's this big kind of culture of, of Aboriginal folks. This mm-hmm. is, takes place in Australia. Yes, very Australian movie. Um, so that kind of, and you have her, her sort of storyline about her and her family and how they're coping with uh, this outbreak and how maybe more... Um, I'm going to put civilized in huge quotes here, but like the civilized, like people that live in the culture are dealing with it. And then those paths cross and intersplice. And Mm. I will say that I, again, like hadn't really thought about this movie until today. I finished it as you showed up. Yeah. We actually watched the end of it together. Yeah. So I'm still processing it. I don't think I have it fully put together, but that's fair. Well, let's put it together. Yeah. So what what were your thoughts on this movie when you first, when did you first see this, by the way? So shoot, I saw this maybe maybe a month ago. Okay. It was, Around the time we started realizing we were going to have to pre-record some episodes for your uh, your tour, uh, and I remember just this one came to mind. Like, well, I just watched this and it was really good, and it's on Netflix. So it'd be a, a great candidate to to rewatch because I think it has a little bit of everything. I mean, it's there's dashes of you know some dark humor. There's also it's mainly a drama and kind of a slow burn character study. Like I said, uh, it really reminded me of The Road with Viggo Mortensen, right? Uh, but a lot less gloomy. 
It was pretty gloomy, man. I mean, it, gloomy as in aesthetically. Oh, sure. Okay. Like yeah. this movie had some beautiful landscapes. That's what I was going to say. When some it, big, wide panoramic yeah. shots. When it starts off, there's this great shot of, of their, I think it's their boat. It's like it's in this canyon, right? Yeah. The houseboat. Yeah. It is great. And and there's a similar shot in the end. And it's just like this really breathtaking. Uh, there's even a scene where like walking through some tall grass, like in Gladiator. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. It's one of the, so there's like thoughts of the, and the sun's kind of breaking through and causing a lens flare. Yeah. Which I assume was never in the road. Right. right. No, there was no flares so of anything you. except yeah. sadness and gray. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this had, the, the, there's these elements of like a family trying to survive this virus thing and just surviving to find food. And then as the story progresses, survival gets harder and harder. And you're looking at it all through the eyes of a father and there's there's lots of factors to be considered you know fascinating movie in that regard and uh i really like martin freeman's performance as the dad in this movie yeah me too man i think he's got um i think he does have some chops and if he's allowed to use them for something other than just uh you know kind of dry comedy mm-hmm. i think it, he could do really well yeah he's got first of all a beard in this mm-hmm. uh, a sort not a long beard a scruff but, but a longer than scruff shorter than you know, lumberjack, yeah, like a seven o'clock shadow. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really great. I think, I think that immediately kind of helps me kind of break away from the, the office, awkward humor kind of thing. And yeah, I mean, he goes through some stuff in this movie as everybody does, uh, during a zombie apocalypse, you mm-hmm. assume. Um, and I think for the most part, his character and his acting it's it, he handles it really well. Yeah. I don't have too much else to say as far as performances go. Nothing really moved me in yeah. this movie. Yeah. Um, also, I will say that I was pretty detached there. So there, if you can make the argument, there's two kind of parallel storylines for a while. There's his and then there's Toomey's, the young girls, right? Mm-hmm. And they do this job because there's this also Toomey has a mother who's trying to find her. But Toomey's like, no, I don't want that, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, and there's all these threads that are trying to connect, but some of it just missed for me. Mm. Um so I definitely didn't love this movie. Okay. I, I liked it. I always appreciate sort of a post-apocalyptic movie. We talked about I Am Legend for our Patreon bonus stuff mm-hmm. last week. And that stuff really connects. And I think it's fascinating to see how people deal with those types of crises. Um, so on that on that front, I really liked this. But okay. from a plot perspective and acting and performance-wise in general, I was not crazy about it. See, I thought it, it, was, it was more of a... Like three kind of, or not three, but like the two kind of parallel stories and like how the two individuals were just dealing with this whole issue that's happening. You know what I mean? Because uh, it's really pretty obvious from the beginning that Toomey, the young native girl, has lost her father. Right. And she's kind of following him around and like keeping him safe. And she put a bone in his mouth. When you say lost her father. he He is succumbed to the virus and is now a quote unquote zombie. Um, and she's tending to him and keeps him in a, in a pit and like feeds him rabbits and stuff like that. Um, I don't think it's spoiling a whole lot. And if it is, we can cut. I'm I'm fine with it. I think, um, yeah, the very early in the movie, um, Martin Freeman is alone with the baby. Yeah. His wife dies. Yeah. I was going to say that pretty early. I think that's fair to say. And it's not spoiling much. I mean, that's pretty much just set up for the main plot of the movie. Yeah. It's also our first exposure, uh, maybe upon there to this virus, right? It's the first time we see how it manifests in people. Dude, it's so gross. It is really gross. It's very oozy. Mucusy. Yeah. It's like you get like runny scab. Like, I think there's probably some metaphor there. Again, like I'm just not getting it. Like they have to hibernate and they have to do, do that in darkness. So which leads a lot of them to like literally dig holes and put their heads in the sand. Yeah. 
Um, I don't want to read it too far, but maybe there's some commentary on like modern culture in there. I'm not sure. I thought I thought it was pretty on the nose with that metaphor. See, I don't know if I was like, I thought maybe I was just reading too much into it, but maybe. I think you read exactly the right <laughs> amount into it. Like they're burying their head in the sand. That's, yeah. That's like, a total just. Like we're all zombies. Yeah. I, I don't know. Or like we're just ignorant and we're doing this to ourselves. Yeah. That was kind of a theme, an underlying theme in some of the, the Aboriginal yeah, yeah, and they, like they have their whole culture, and and they don't, they don't spend enough, to, they don't spend too little or enough. It's somewhere in the middle where I'm like, I want more of this, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's delivered properly. If they would have even backed off on it, that would have been fine because they're like a fighting group. Like they just start fires, I guess, and then kill these zombies. Yeah, they're they're basically like eradicating. Yeah, they basically. use the fires to draw them in, and then they're kind of clean, trying to cleanse the land. See, I was confused about that too because like obviously these these zombie creatures don't see super well because they have goo eye. Yeah. But their sense of smell is pretty good mm-hmm. and they can hear things. Yeah. But I don't understand how the fire would draw them in. You can smell fire from like a mile away. And they're away. just interested in fire. Maybe. It's a different smell. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Like I get being, because they eat, they eat people, right? Yeah. Um, so I get like when a dead person is around, yeah. they're not or as blood. interested. But like if there's live blood or live person, they're into that. But yeah. The fire doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Yeah, I think it it was definitely like a metaphor for like a cleansing fire. Mm, yeah, but I don't know like brass tacks how that would actually work. Either. Right, I feel like it felt like they just wanted to put that in because it looked cool. It when did look like cool. Smoke everywhere, and they just like yeah. throw spears. You're fighting in the yeah. in the smoke storm, and if that's what it is, that's fine. Yeah, that's I, yeah, that's fair to say. There needs to be a lot of suspended disbelief. Yeah, and then there's all this narrative, and a lot of it is exposition from Toomey, like about her her culture. And what it means to die and how to do that properly and what happens if your soul is trapped or is not mm-hmm. contained, like all that. And it was never fully realized Yeah, to me. So I had a hard time well, think, uh, connecting. Yeah. A lot of that came up off as like uh, folklore. Totally. You know, like it was definitely not something that was incorporated in the movie, but it was like this girl's just like trying to make sense of this. Like, I'm going to go with this knowledge that I have. Yes. Maybe this applies. Maybe right. it's real. Yeah. <laughs> just falling back on what we know. Yeah, also the Vic character didn't work for me. Okay. Um, for a minute, yes. But then as as that kind of unfolds, I checked out pretty fast. Okay. Um, yes. So how did we get started on this? We were talking about talking the, about our feelings in the movie. The, the parallels between uh Toomey sure. and Martin Freeman's character. Mm-hmm. Andy. Yeah. They were just kind of both f- going through this and figuring out and they both were taking care of like one person in completely opposite ways. Yes. Possibly that could be the parallel they were going for. Yeah. But I don't know. So in general, you said you liked this movie. You thought it was good. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. You wanted to give it out of 10? Whoa. Jumping right to that. Yeah, I think we're about there. Unless you, you have more you want to well, talk you about. just drop that Vic thing and we don't. Well, so I'm, I'm concerned with this movie that I can't say too much without spoiling things. Okay. Especially in regards to my stronger feelings about this movie. Okay. So I'm happy to save all that until the danger zone. Cool. Yeah, I am going to give this movie... A 6.5 out of 10. Okay. Uh, I'm definitely medium to medium lukewarm on this. Mm -hmm. Um, It was interesting, and I liked the cinematography a lot. I really liked Martin Freeman. Uh, I don't know if it's just because he was amazing or there was really no other strong roles in it. Like, there was really only one role that needed a lot of acting. Um, But I thought it was interesting. It was a unique take on the, the kind of drama that would happen in this situation and uh, the zombies were, were kind of a fresh take on that. And I like the way that people turned. I thought that was unique too. So 
It was kind of just like the the Australian outback version of like a World War Z at a baby. Yeah. Not World War Z. Uh, like uh, 28 Days Later. Which one is that? When he leaves the hospital? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because that one was more virusy too. Yeah. More than like an out, like a zombie apocalypse. Okay, sure. That was definitely like a virus. Yeah. I mean, I, I can appreciate the the z- zombie take, like the new, instead of being like bloodthirsty, decomposed, these are just snot-covered zombies. Yeah. Not intimidating to me particularly. So gross. It's also never really established if they're particularly powerful or fast or anything. Like they're just kind of, they like they limp. I know they limp. Yeah. Which doesn't really scare me. Um, at one point you see a character kind of get pinned up against a tree by one of them and kind of just kicks it off mm-hmm. and then it's, then it's killed. It's like, nah. So I don't know. Like it's not a, a scary zombie movie. There were def- it was more of a drama. And, the f- and if it was just a scary zombie movie, by the way, I would be talking about it way differently. But since it is mostly a drama, like I'm really counting on those character mm-hmm. relationships yeah. and the development that those people go through. And it just fell flat for me. So I'm going to give this a four. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I did really enjoy the cinematography. I loved a lot of the score that happens during the film. Um, and Martin Freeman's fun to watch. But ultimately, this is an inconsequential movie to me. That's and fair. I probably will not watch it again. That's fair. That's okay. why it's on Netflix and maybe right. it wasn't in the big screen. There we go. Yeah. Well, let's get down to the last beer that we have to do and let us break this movie down in the danger zone. Yeah. Again, this is Cargo. If you have a chance to go watch it and you don't want it spoiled, go watch it and then come back and visit the danger zone. Or if you don't care, come right back because we're going to talk about our second and final beer and spoil this film. If you are in the beautiful city of Chico, California, and would like a nice craft beer and some delicious food, you should check out the Handlebar. That's right. They're a craft beer bar and restaurant, like Johnny said, right here in Chico. They're located at 2070 East 20th Street, right by Best Buy. And they have a happy hour seven days a week. That's right. You get a dollar off any draft beer from two to six, seven days a week. Come on down. Check them out. They got a dog-friendly patio. It's a beautiful place with a newly expanded menu. They just remodeled this year. If you haven't been there, go check them out. Again, that's the Handlebar right here in Chico, 2070 East 20th Street. Hello, and welcome back. It's the Danger Zone. We're going to spoil the movie, we're going to rate our second beer, and we're going to swear in your ear holes. Yeah. Damn right we are. Yeah. Uh, you, you started this like it was a voicemail. Hello, <laughs> and thank you for calling this place. <laughs> yeah. Hello, and thank you for listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. Uh, welcome to the Danger Zone. Yeah. So Leave a message. After the Beep. fuck. Uh, yeah. That was almost perfect. <laughs> so Naval Gazer is what we're drinking. I never had it except one time. Have one, you had it more than that? One time at band camp, I had a navel gazer. I had it the one time with you, with Perfect. Jared Schmidt. Last time, he brought it over. Yeah, it seems worthy of shouting out one more time. This one is also from our friend Jared Schmidt. So, Jared, thank you. This yes. is a specialty batch of a beer from Nashville, Tennessee. Yes, this is. It's called Naval Gazer. It's from a Tennessee. It is pitch black with coffee and notes of toasty sweet malt. This decadent imperial stout has a thick brown head with a delicate lacing and toasty malt aroma, and a silky smooth mouthfeel. At 9.25%, Navel Gazer will have you nodding your head if you let it. AKA, this is a pretty strong beer, so you'll fall asleep if you're not aware of yourself and your surroundings and your, uh, you know, alcohol tolerance. Yeah, so this is a delicious stout, but this special edition of this beer comes with the addition of vanilla and coffee, which right? Is what makes it so special. I'm very excited, too, because, yeah, I was looking on the website, and that is not a thing that usually happens. It also comes in at 85 IBUs, which feels really high for a stout. 
Yeah, the 85. That's, that's, Isn't that nuts? That's crazy pants. Because usually you'll have a stout that is, especially when you have like coffee and vanilla, that's really rounded and sweet and not bitter. But as international bitterness units goes, this is an 85er. Johnny, do you taste those 85 IBUs or not so much? Not so much. Good. It's got a nice twang to it. Okay. But a it's southern twang. Yeah, exactly. But it's not crazy bitter. That's right. a lot of IBUs. It's a lot. Yeah, we've had IPAs that are less. It's definitely bitter in a roasted coffee and dark chocolate flavor, which is the best type of flavors from a stout. Sure. I don't need a stout to be hoppy. Right. That's true. Or necessarily sweet. No. I will, till the day I die probably, or the day I quit drinking because I've drank too much. And that's dying. Sure. <laughs> Inside. Yeah. Uh, we'll tout the beauty of a Sierra Nevada West Coast uh, stout. Mm-hmm. It's a straightforward stout. It's extremely bitter when it comes to... What the flavors you just listed, coffee and chocolate and yeah. that maltiness. And I think it's fantastic. It's one of their underrated beers. It is. I mean, it's super thin because it's not a barrel aged out, but it's But it doesn't matter. Like it's solid. Dude, it's like a, yeah, it's like it's not always a thing. If it's a brown ale, I'm good with it. If it's a stout, like I don't expect the thickness necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's done right, I don't need it. Yeah. But if you're gonna be like, it's got cinnamon and coffee and vanilla and cayenne and cacao. Yeah, and Madagascar percent. Monkey shit beans. That better be engine oil that's pouring out of that can. If it's not, I'm done. Yeah. But this isn't that. Yeah. No, so once I'm, I'm going to try this. Once it comes to barrel-aged stouts, yeah. If you're not thicker than a Snickers, get out my face. What do you think? I think that's uh, pretty good, man. It's quite nice. Um, yeah. It's, um, let's see. I am, like, there's there's some bitterness there for sure. You get coffee on the nose. Oh yeah, a, a ton of coffee, splash of vanilla. You do get kind of that. Yeah, I don't pick up much vanilla. It remind, tasting it, it reminds me of a vanilla mocha because it smells like chocolatey coffee. Yeah, I get I get a lot of the uh, more of like the bittersweet, um, like what is it? Cooking chocolate? Yeah, is like that a, a bake, thing? baker's chocolate. Bake it, thank yeah. you. Like that. It's certainly not a milk chocolate or like a sweet, um, even like a sweet dark chocolate. It's very much like. I like that. I do too. Like I think that, it works well here. Like that ninety-two percent cacao right here. Yeah, dude. Um, and then, yeah, you do get a bunch of that kind of espresso coffee taste coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be curious, man, if we could ever get this around here. I'd love to to try maybe an older version of this just to see how it how it would hold up. But yeah, it's strong enough that I think it might age well, and you might get more of that vanilla maybe as time goes. A lot of times, vanilla is the first thing to leave, though. Is that right? Yeah. Oh. So it's hard to say. Yeah, yeah I, I like it. I I don't love it. I don't think. Yeah. But but I do like it a fair amount. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I guess I can't. I was thinking maybe I'd be able to pull to mind the first time I tried this, but mm. I don't quite remember this. I don't think. It reminds me more of a porter than a stout. Yeah, why do you think that is? I don't know. Just the overall, like the mouthfeel, and like I don't know. It reminds me of coffee and cigarettes quite a bit. Yeah, just like just like an ashtray kind of. Yeah, kind of. There's a not beer, in a bad way, but beer yeah. called coffee and cigarettes. Oh, is that a thing? Yeah. Is that what you were referring to? Yes. Got it. It's a porter. Yes. Okay. From uh, Cellar Maker. All right. I think. Is that the one in in San Francisco? I've never heard of them. Yeah, really? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's Cellar Maker that does coffee and cigarettes. Mm. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I I think when I think of porters, I tend to think of more, um, well, obviously a little bit lighter and maybe more flavorful. Mm-hmm. Not flavorful, but um, uh, more flavor adjuncts, I guess. Like okay. I think of porters as having vanilla always. And I know that's not true, but I, that's what I associate in my brain. So this was this screams stout to me. Okay, I like it because it's incredibly roasty. It really is. It's like almost too roasty, but in my opinion, I think it's right there. 
Yeah, I'm ex- I mean, this has been sitting out for about an hour, yeah. so it's not cold, but it's not warm yet either. Yeah. Um. So we've got these in our little taster glasses now, and I bet you when it warms up, uh, you're gonna get a little more sweetness mm-hmm. and a little less of the uh, the burnt the roast the burnt roastiness. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know. How do you want to tackle this? Do you want to wait a little bit, or do you want to wrap this baby up now? I'm gonna think we wrap it up now. I don't get any vanilla. No vanilla, right? All coffee. Yeah, I haven't smelled it yet, but I'm gonna do that. But um, I yeah, no vanilla for me, at least on the taste and the multiple drinks that I've had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, just a lot of of roasted malts and and dark coffee, which is fine. I mean, it's delicious. I just it's not hitting the vanilla mark for me. Man, it, it smells so good. It smells great and it tastes great, but it it doesn't have the vanilla. It's no. de- definitely more of just a coffee stout, which is fine. Yeah, you know how you'll smell some stouts and it'll be like, those are coffee beans. This actually smells to me like there has been coffee brewed. Yeah. Like you're just smelling a filter of brewed coffee beans mm-hmm. and you're just bringing that's, it. That's crazy. I mean, there's a lot there. And and certainly not that much translates into the taste, but there is a lot of that. Like once you've smelled it, it jumps out at you when you taste it again. Oh, yeah. In a good way. Oh, yeah. I'm about it. I'd like to know what coffee they used with this too. Ooh, yeah, me too, actually. Yeah, that's really good. Why don't I just be like, like Kmart brand coffee? And you're like, I don't even know Kmart's old coffee. They have That's a brand? Gross, yeah. <laughs> uh, where did K-Cups come from? Why are there even Kmart still open? Have you heard those ads, uh, like Starbucks K-Cups? No. You hear it on like Up First. They're like, this episode is brought to you by Starbucks K-Cups. They keep up with you, like with twice the caffeine of a normal cup of coffee. Oh, Starbucks I K-Cup, have or like Keurig K- I don't know what it is, but. The something, yeah. It's like a, it's, it is like a Starbucks double shot K-Cup yeah, or isn't something. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Why is that crazy? It just sounds, it just seems like too much, but maybe, you know, whatever. Live your life, whoever is drinking this. People drink like red lines and shit that have like 500 milligrams. Like energy drinks these days are like bragging about how much caffeine they have in them. Yeah, pretty much. I was at the, when I'm at the Peppermill sometimes and I don't want to leave my room because I'm lazy in the morning, there's a coffee shop I love to go to. You might know this. I wear this shirt all the time. The old Old world. world Coffee, yes. And it's like two miles away, so I have to drive. And sometimes I don't want to drive. So what I'll do to inspire myself is I'll brew a cup of Keurig coffee and I'll just smell the coffee, but then I'll try to drink it and it's disgusting. I'm like, okay, I got to get real coffee. And then I leave my room. That's fair. And this, this kind of gives me that, this vibe. I have a Keurig. I have never enjoyed a cup of coffee I've made. They're not enjoyable. It makes awful coffee. I use it for tea. Shalina makes miso soup with it. Just like the hot water function? Yeah, just cranks out some hot water. Yeah. And we have actually miso concentrate. Oh, see, that sounds like concentrate coffee. Like it seems like no, that. No, it's really be, good. Is that? It's just like um, like super uh, heavy broth that would need to get watered down. And you just squirt it in there and like chop up some tofu and some green onions. It's all super right. good. Tofu's great. Yes. When so done good. right. Yeah. But yeah, we make miso with it all the time and I use it for tea. It's just a hot water dispenser. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Uh, one thing that is good out of a Keurig, hot cocoa. Oh, sure. Acceptable all day long. So do you mean like a Keurig cup of hot cocoa? Yeah, with the like, little K-cups. They have hot cocoa uh-huh. K-cups. Yeah. That's cool. And I like the different flavors. It's just pretty fun. Yeah. That's okay. I would be into that. Yeah, totally. The, the coffee, get out of here. No, and the, they have K-cups for tea as well. Yeah, I've, so they have those at the Bubba Mill too. I've had the green tea, and I'm sure it's not good. It's not. But I'm not like a, I'm not a tea snob. not so. a green tea aficionado. Yeah. yeah. I You're just very like picky it. about coffee. Yeah. But. You are. Yeah. One of the more picky humans that I know about coffee. Yeah. But yeah. you don't have a lot of things that you're picky about in this world. That's, well, I mean, like. I feel like increasingly so I'm getting more, like I'm just getting more snobby about everything. 
No, I wouldn't say snobby. I think there's nothing wrong with being particular. Me neither. Like if you find something that is a quality product, you don't degrade yourself by going back to an inferior product. You stick with quality. That's true. But I have very strong opinions about like um, reality TV is a great example. <laughs> I think How is this a great example? I think it's a waste of time. I agree. I think it's dumb. And and some be, I, like I know people who I love that are like, it's just a guilty pleasure. And I'm like, no, no, no. A 14% stout with vanilla and chocolate's a guilty pleasure. Mm, That's right? garbage. Yeah. And I just, I, I don't think I'm not wrong, but that doesn't mean I'm right. No. You know? Well. I don't know. Is that just like your opinion, man? Kind of. But I mean, the, the broader opinion in the United States, unfortunately, is that, I know that stuff's that. awesome. Which is what was why I'm a snob. That's why I'm the minority. Well, look at what the broader opinion more in like the United the, States got us. Yeah. More like the minority. Am I yeah. right? Yeah, my my name is Minardi. Minardi. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I could talk about that sort of thing forever. What I want to talk about is this beer. I want to talk about Survivor now. See, I'm mixed on Survivor. Really? Well, because on one hand, the reality TV I don't like is the kind that is very catty and um, like is either, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or like Keeping Up with the Kardashians or B- Big Brother is the worst thing. I think it's the worst thing. Yeah, it's garbage. It pits people against each other, and it not only encourages uh, us to be catty and mean to each other, it it normalizes it. And mm-hmm. I think it changes the way that we think as a society. And I think it's terrible. And I don't think there's a way, I don't think any, that's a new sound that we haven't experienced uh, that'll probably come through. We got new uh, microphone hardware. So that was that. Boom. Uh, I can't remember where I was going. Um. Anyways, I think it's bad. Society. Yeah. Big brothers I, I think it makes society up. worse. Yeah. Like ultimately, sure. I think it makes us meaner to each other. I don't see how it couldn't when it's just kind of just yeah. like Twitter and all that bullshit like makes people worse to well, each no, other. I love Twitter. Hang on a minute. But also like Facebook, Facebook's gotten bad. Facebook's like just a place for old people now. You're not even on Facebook. Exactly. Yeah. I am still on Facebook because I have to be, but I'm, I am, ugh, I'm yeah. so fed up with stuff. Uh-huh. I just, I, I put again, I have to be in quotes, but I have to be on it because of music and like your business promote myself some way. Yeah. And like we have to post our episodes mm-hmm. to people. Well, you do. That's true. I don't care about those Facebook people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. This sure. beer is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's. Uh, I'm gonna rate it. I'm gonna say this beer is a seven and a half for me. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty good. You're you're just right in in my area. You're there too. I was. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. I was thinking right around that ballpark. I think it's, no, it's good, man. It's a respectable beer. This is just the show where we rate shit exactly the same. Yeah. I love episodes like this. Yeah. Um, Well, I think we've done it enough. Honestly, as we've done this show and we drink so many of the same beers, I feel like our stylistic expectations have begun to parallel. Like, yeah, maybe we judge the exact same beers sitting across from each other. Like that has to have some impact on like how we look at beers overall. And I think more so with beers and less with movies. Like I think we still have pretty different tastes in movies, like even your affinity for horror films. Yes. Versus my lack thereof. Yes. I wouldn't call it an aversion, but I don't always gravitate towards them. I'm about to go home and have horror Monday. There you go. Um, yeah, I just, man, I read a, well, let's, let's, are we good at this beer? Yeah, so this was uh, seven and a half for both of us. Uh, both really good beers tonight. And yes. again, a big shout out to Jared Schmidt. I know he's looking forward to listening to this episode. So at home, hi. Yeah. I love you. Hey, You're buddy. the best. Try it out. Anyways, this beer is amazing. Yeah. I enjoy it. Remind people what it is in case they So forget. yeah, this was 
Navel Gazer, a special batch with vanilla and coffee from New Heights Brewing Company out of Nashville, not California, Tennessee. Tennessee. I almost said California. Again, and if you if you get a chance to try this beer or you have like a stout uh, or a porter or uh, anything along those lines that you think would compare to a beer like this, let us know. We're on social media at Fresh Hop Cinema on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. Okay. So let us break down some of the finer details of this movie. I am looking forward to hearing uh, from what it sounds like, kind of all the things that you didn't like. Yeah, real quick, just jumping back on that train we were just on about horror stuff. I read a synopsis for a film called, um, and maybe you'll know this, it's a super under the radar, it was like banned for 15 years in countries across the world, um, kind of an experimental film. And it's a it's a word, it starts with a B, and, but it translates to like 12 or like 120 days of um, like torture or something like that. Have you mm. heard of this? It's this old film, not super old, but it's these like four uh, wealthy dudes. Like okay. I think there's like a cardinal and a, a duke and these other, like they find these six guys and six girls and they take them into their palace and like torture them for months and like sexually, emotionally, physically, all these things. Um, and it, it's like pretty well reviewed in an art house kind of way. Really? But I was just reading, it was based on a book and I was reading through it and like, it made me sick just reading it. Like it's so depraved and nasty. Uh, all that to say, I think maybe you would watch it. Wow. That's aggressive. Um, would like, I don't think that stuff is off putting to you. Uh, I have boundaries. Like I don't like gore porn or like sure. torture porn just to like get off on that or right. enjoy that cinematically as much. Like, sure. Uh, there was a really, really controversial movie called uh, A Serbian Film. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I simply was not okay with watching it at all. I think I got like five minutes in. Oh, really? And absolutely noped. There's like, it. no. It crosses every line. Really? Every line. N- in, just for the sake of doing it? Yeah. Kind of thing? It's pure shock, and it's just shitty and gross. That's and a bummer. It's like stuff with kids in it, and it's just yeah. like, it. it's not good. It's not good. Like, no. Yeah. I'm not taking the podcast that dark to like just go over the plot of a Serbian film. Totally. But those those are movies that were like, did this need to get made? Did it? Yeah. And like I I feel like there's a there's a director named Lars von Trier. Do you know him? Oh, he sounds familiar. What's He's, he done? The thing that I know him from is a, a two part film called Nymphomaniac. Mm, yeah, yeah. Seen it? Okay. So he he's he did that. He's done some other real and like if you've ever seen Nymphomaniac, I think it's on I think it's on Netflix. It might be on Netflix. Yeah. Um, but it's this very explicit telling of this woman's life from from early adolescence to her adult life. And she's she's a nymphomaniac, which is already like an outdated term. Yeah. Um, it's extremely ex- Shia LaBeouf is in it, by the way. It's like kind of at the height of his weirdness. He was yeah. in that movie. Uh full penis in that movie of Shia LaBeouf. So wow. if you're into that, um, you know. He's coming for you. Yeah. Above. Um, I so I actually really liked these movies yeah. up until the ending. The ending, I think, is untrue to the characters, everybody involved, hmm. but it's very explicit. And I think at least that movie had a point. Like Lars von Trier is very experimental and weird, and a lot of people are not okay with him. And I've never seen anything else he's done, so I'm not speaking for him as a director, simply for those movies. And I think there can be merit to things that would be off-putting just by their nature if they're not doing it for the sake of doing it. Yeah. Um, that's like, I, we could just watch ISIS videos for two hours and call it a movie. Right. But it's not a fucking movie. Yeah. You know, if it has a point and it's art and it's telling a story and it's conveying something, you know, then it's, it's more of a movie, but 
Yeah, like that's kind of what the, I got the feeling of from like a movie like a Serbian film. Right. Was and, like, that's just like two hours yeah. of ISIS. And the one that I was thinking of was called Salo or the 120 Days of Sodom. Oh, that and it sounds- came out, yeah. Came out in 1975. No. Um, and, and the Wikipedia description is a group of fascists round up nine adolescent boys and girls, so it was 18, and subject them to 120 days of physical, mental, and sexual torture. Like that's that's the movie. Mm. And it's like, I don't I don't want to put that in my brain. No, and I know? question the people that made that movie. Yeah. Like I question the people that, well, I don't know. The Human Centipede had some interesting social commentary. At least the Human Centipede was like it was graphic, sure, uh, disturbing, absolutely, but it wasn't. I don't think to be taken seriously. It was in the vein of Sharknado. At least of. the first one. Yeah, the I second, seen the one second one was so much darker. Oh, was it? If that movie could get fucking darker, right. it, it went way over over that edge of dark. Yeah, there was another movie that I think I saw on Netflix, and I can't think of. Maybe you'll know it. Um, but it was a, say, horror movie. Uh, I, I would call it a torture porn movie where, like, I think it was like 10 strangers were trapped in a room a la a Saw type scenario. Is it Would You Rather? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Um, but they all have these implants in the back of their neck. And to get out of this room, they have to um, subject themselves to pain. I think it's Would You Rather. It might be. Yep. And then, but the, the pain threshold increases. So they have to do worse and worse stuff to themselves yep. or each other. There was one point where somebody, like, had a fingernail pulled out with pliers sure. or a like a tooth. Yeah. Like Something that, got pulled out with and, pliers. And I, tur- I turned that off. I don't know why I watched it, but I turned it off after like 20 minutes. I'm like, I'm just not into this. It was an interesting movie. Was it? I don't know. I liked it. Yeah. But then again, that's like, like that's where of, our lines are different. Yeah. Like I just, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. If it's got an interesting plot, like survival stuff, like, I mean, I can, I don't know. Can yeah. you even call that a plot? Not, I mean, I wouldn't, uh, but, but you know. Yeah. And the Saw movies like try and have a plot, like. Oh, these people are here because they were bad. I was interested in the first, I didn't like it, but I was interested in the first saw. Cause, cause to some extent it's, it's psychological. It's an interesting for that, that part of it. But by the time like saw three or four, it's just, yeah. it's just watching people hurt themselves or each other or get hurt, get out of a tough situation. It's like, Oh, and I get that it's cathartic sometimes, I guess, to watch that sort of thing. But I don't know. It flirts the line too closely with torture porn for me to yeah, really want exactly. to even consider enjoying it. You, there, you, I think the point is the line for me is, am I being entertained by pure violence or am I being entertained by a movie with violence in it? Yeah. I think it's a good line to draw. Yeah. And sometimes that can like in movies like saw or the one we were talking about, or like this, the hundred days, 120 days of saw. Yeah. That sounds too, awful like, over the line. Like that's the whole point. And, and some people are very artistically pure purists. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. This, you know, we can make this in a movie. We need to. It, it should be told. And it's like it. I don't think it should. Like that, you know. Yeah. Maybe I'm being contrary. You know, that the, it makes me think of a couple of films. There's been two iterations now called the ABCs of Death. Okay. Uh, it's a collection of 26 short films by well-known indie directors, and they all have to do with the letter of the alphabet. Obviously, mm-hmm. ABCs. Uh, and it goes through and like each letter is a representation of some way to die or how something's going to kill you. And sometimes it's metaphor. Sometimes it's comedy. Sometimes it's pure violence. Interesting. Yeah. They were fascinating. Cause like one's all about farting. You can die from that. Uh, it went weird. Like Japanese, like fart fetish, just crazy, oh, yeah, okay. very strange. But it, I mean, it was all stylized and there was one that it was all about fist fighting dogs. Yeah, like, that's it was so like weird it was me. like and it was so beautiful though. It was like crazy slow motion, like this dog just like biting a guy's neck, but he's like punching it. Like 
It was crazy. I don't know, man. I'm not, I think that's something I would not have watched. But also, like, it's. I'm just going to spoil because this dude was in. I'm going to spoil this Spoiler one. Spoiler alert for this one. What letter is this? Uh, I think it's D for dog. Okay, this is a dog. Uh, but from the very from the first ABCs of death, just to prove to you that it's not just violence, like it actually had a point and convey that a little. This dude was entered in this dog fighting ring because he was trying to find his missing dog. And somebody oh. had like kidnapped his dog and like he thought somebody had maybe got it into fighting. And so there's this like big ringmaster guy and he's like putting on the fights, right? You can tell he's the villain. He just looks like it. So this dude like basically murders like three dogs in physical hand-to-hand combat. Trying to find his dog. Trying to find his dog. Uh-huh. And then the gates open and it's his dog. Uh-huh. And they like look at each other and then the dog like and the dude both attack the guy that's like making them do this basically. Yeah. So it had like a point. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. See, it's tricky because whenever you see a character in a film, like you could, I don't want to speak for everybody, but you could be like the most anti or like you anti-violence forever. But if like you see, uh, like slavery is a great example, uh, a slave master, like just whipping the shit mm-hmm. out of people, the whole movie. I don't care. You're going to want to, you're going to love when that person gets murdered yeah. or like people that hurt animals. Exactly. So I get yeah. that. But but stepping back from it, I'm like, does that help? Like, is that really good? Yeah. It, and it was interesting. Yeah. If nothing else, it wasn't just senseless violence. It was interesting. But you have to do. You do have to go through the senseless violence first. Yes. Like you have to watch him fight those three other dogs, which could have been other people's dogs. It might have been two. I don't know. Whatever. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. There was like, there was other dog fighting. And that's the part of it. Like if you would have just told me that story, and then be like, then let's kill this. I don't. It's still, it's still just like watching violence. It's, I don't know. It's interesting because yeah, those are some of them are hard to stomach, but. They were very interesting. A lot of them were poignant social commentary. I'd highly recommend that. Uh, they they do take kind of a strong stomach to watch. Sure. But there's some interesting short films in there. All right. You, well, you let out. me know your favorite letters, and I'll go about them that way. I will. In the meantime, you want to talk cargo? Yes. We should probably, yeah. Well, you started this because we're talking no, about horror. Yeah, sure. And uh, different standards and things we expect from horror movies, I yes. think. So after all of that talk, cargo is uh, very low level. I just want to say I, I think it's kind of weird. You think I would like that movie? No, which one? The first one about the. I don't. I don't think you would like it, but I thought you might have known it. I thought maybe it was on your radar somewhere because it is uh, as like indie. Are you big on indie horror movies? Somewhat. Um, I'd like to be into it more. Yeah. There's such a deep, deep, deep universe hidden there in indie uh, horror yes. that it's just it's so hard to get into. I have a few friends that recommend movies and stuff. But like, I'll, I try to sit down and watch the Holy mountain and I'm like, I haven't done enough fucking drugs or like, I'm yeah. not in the right headspace. Like this is just weird. Yeah. And then like, just, I don't know if that qualifies as a horror movie as more as just an independent, crazy, it's full of violence. I don't know, but I try to dabble in independent horror, but sure. The deep subgenre. Yeah. And a All lot right. of times it's just so low budget. It's awful. Yeah, fair enough. I would have thought that that would have been something I would have known about at least. But it's kind of deep in film history too, though. You said that came out in the what, mid-70s? 75, yeah. So I probably should have known of it and I might read about it. See, I have no gauge for how how even even, um, like under the radar popular it is. Like is that even prominent? I don't know. Or is it just Um, a thing you read about that's really fucking weird? Yeah, and I can't even remember why it came up. I was listening to some podcast maybe. 
or, or no, somebody I follow on Letterboxd had reviewed it. And I'm like, what's this movie? It just seems so depraved. I was like, I'm not interested in this at all. Yeah. There's some things you just read the description. You're like, I don't want to put this in my yeah. mind. Yeah. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky huh. Bobby. Uh, so Cargo. Okay. Cargo. Final thoughts on this. I wanted to say uh, Vic didn't work for me. Okay. That was yeah, important. Yeah. Um, number one, like how did he end up in that same tunnel they were in? I didn't get that. He just popped out of nowhere. He's everywhere, man. I guess. But yeah, like, didn't they know. travel quite a ways? I don't know. Yeah, they did a little, I suppose, but maybe he was following them. Yeah. I don't know. So Vic was kind of like, do you remember the rescuers down under? Yeah. There was that the weird- The dude with Joanna? Yeah. I can't think of his name. But yes. It was like Gus or something. Sure. Just like, Mr. McCready. Was that his name? No, that's from- That's Babe? from something. That's from Babe. Yeah, that's Mr. From McCready's farm. Mr. McCready. Yeah, it's a scary dude, right? Like Mr. McCready. <sighs> I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna look that up. Okay, I will talk more. But yes, um, tell me yeah. about why Vic didn't work for you. Well, so like you, in case you haven't seen the movie, you don't remember who we're talking about. He's the guy who, um, as Andy is being like followed by one of the the zombies who's had his head in the ground and Andy thought was not alive, like was about to kill Andy. And he's like, ah, get out of here. And Vic shoots the zombie. And he's like, hey, you got to help me out of here. That's my truck. I have the keys. But if you want the truck, you got to pull this giant uh, tank of gas off me. And they do. Goes back to his place. It's like this little compound, and he has his quote wife, Lorraine. And um, then we, she, we, you know, Andy's like, Here, can you watch my baby? Rick or Vic wants me to go help him. I don't know what we're going to help him with, but I'm going to help him. Mm-hmm. And he basically uses like human, normal humans for live bait to attract zombies, and he shoots them. Yeah. And it turns out one of the humans is um, Toomey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was weird. So I'm like, All right, well, clearly he's not a good guy. So I don't like him, but maybe he can be a compelling villain. And I don't think he was like, he's just kind of like sort of menacing. Um, clearly he's like forced Lorraine into this weird domestic partnership. Yeah. Doesn't come across as like overly rapey. Ever. No, they don't make that clear. More like super sleazy opportunistic type. Like yeah. I'm just going to steal jewelry from zombies. Right. That's he's weird. like, once the world returns to its normal order, people are going to want shiny stuff and I'm going to be the king. Yeah. It's like, all right, dude. It was, it was kind of a weird take. Yeah. Um. So anyways, they escape. Lorraine gets shot by him because she's used herself as like a human shield. Mm-hmm. Um. And then you think that's the end of it. Cause he's like, ah, I shot her. Clearly I've made a mistake. And he's back. And then, and then he like tries to chase them down with a car. Can't find him. He's gone. Then, like, out of nowhere at the end, he's waiting at the end of the tunnel that's, like, literally the tunnel to freedom, and he's just standing there by a fire. I don't know. It was very weird. Um, And then, like, he gets Andy's baby, Rosie. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing comes of that. He just kind of takes her back. I don't know. It was all very inconsequential. And, And I think if there was a villain in this movie besides the virus itself, he would be it, but he was not effective in any way Mm -hmm. at all. So... That was a little weird to me. Um, I don't know. You want to jump in here? I like the relationship between Andy's character and his baby. I mean, there was yes, this, yeah. this, just this tone of like he has to help the baby live no matter what. Well, yeah, but and that's like, like then, pretty standard. Then he gets infected. I don't know. I just like the way the drama played out. Can we just say, by the way, him getting bit was so stupid. Oh, in the car. He with like the, wakes up wife. after the accident. And he's like, "Oh, she's a zombie now." And then she wrote in blood on the on the door, like, "Save her." And she's like, "Ah, my zombie! Look at my mucus eyes." Mm-hmm. And he like he just re- like completely awkwardly like reaches with his right hand because uh, he was driving and they're not in America mm-hmm. uh, and tries to touch his baby and she bites him obviously uh, and then he's bit and it's like, "What do you? Why would you do that? You nincompoop?" Seemed pretty preventable. Yeah, like don't do that. 
Yeah. That's the prevention. That was one of those. Don't reach that way. Yeah. That was one of those scenes. I was like, Ooh. Yeah. So like, I don't, I don't want to nitpick it. Like clearly for the plot, he had to get bit, but how about, how about he gets bit while he's unconscious? That would make more sense. They they could have worked it in a lot better. Yeah. Like he wakes up and she's gnawing on his arm. That'd be great. That's way more believable. Yeah. But overall, I thought the movie was pretty entertaining. It was fine. Like you said, I don't know if it's, very consequential. I don't know if it's something that I'm going to go back and watch again. Like, would this make your list of top five zombie movies? No. No. Top 10? Mm, no. Probably not. No. Yeah. Top five Netflix original zombie movies. See, but it's not even a Netflix original. It was just released to Netflix. That's fair. So, I don't know if there are any Netflix original zombie movies. So, this is definitely top five. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it was all right. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. I'd love to hear you guys' take on it. Yeah, if you guys have seen Cargo, we would love to hear from you. Uh, maybe maybe you love Cargo, or maybe you think it's the worst movie in the world. Let us know either way. It wasn't as bad as White Boy Rick. I liked White Boy Rick way more than this. <laughs> but, you know, we'll go back and forth. Cargo all day. I'll tell you it wasn't as good as Arrival. <laughs> if you share- What episode was that? I don't know. Like 10? I don't want to remember. Yeah. I, bl- I blacked that episode you out. You need to watch it I again. I forgot about it. Yeah. No, not gonna. You owe that movie more. I do not it's one of the best movie movies that came anything. out last year. No, years ago, whatever it was. No. Uh, All right. Fine. Well, if you share any of these opinions, whether it's with me or with Max, even though he's wrong, you can share any of those opinions with us on all the social medias. We're at Fresh Hop Cinema on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Letterboxd. We're both at our names. Yep. You can find us on there. Let us know what some of the movie reviews you like. Let us yeah. know what you're watching. Let us know what beers you're drinking. Talk to us. Interact with us. We like it when you bother us. Also, if you found our podcast uh, recently or if you've listened for a long time, uh, leave us a review and a rating on iTunes that helps other people find the show that might be as weird and nerdy uh, as we are. That's right. Go so see nice. Max Bernardi. He's on tour in New York City, somewhere on the East Coast right yeah. now. Buy his stuff. Listen to his music. Give him a hug. Yeah. Uh, on that note, my name is Max Minardi. I'm a two-time zombie apocalypse survivor. And I am Johnny Summers. I am a former professional combat bodyguard of protecting babies from zombies. We'll see you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.